Hello, welcome back to the Midnight Quill podcast. In our fourth episode, we're talking about writer's block. I'm one of your hosts, Tegan, also known as TC Emerus. I'm a writer, professional ghostwriter, and fiction editor. My debut short story collection, The Weight of Rain, was released last year. Now, over to my co-host. My name is Maisie Osborne. Um, I'm primarily a screenwriter, but I occasionally dabble in poetry too. Um, recently, I've seen writers, particularly on Facebook groups and other social media, debating whether writer's block is a myth or not. Uh, one side argues that writer's block is just a manifestation of procrastination, and the other argue that writer's block is a natural part of the creative process. So I thought maybe we'd start by talking about that. I definitely don't think writer's block is a myth. Um I don't know where that has originated, but I definitely don't believe it because I think every writer has experienced it, you know, Um, from a writer who has just begun um, their writing journey to, you know, to bloody Stephen King, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has um, experienced writer's block in, in whatever form it sort of happens to happen to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, I think from what I've seen, it's, it's almost a side effect of toxic productivity culture. That's what it mm-hmm. seems to be. This like denial that writer's block is a thing because people, they, they tend to say on these posts that it's because they view procrastination of any kind, even if it's a creative process as like the worst possible thing that can happen which mm. I don't personally agree with because I feel especially with creative processes sometimes you have to take a bit of time and, and sit back and have a think you know um, definitely but I, I'm kind of on the fence with this one which is why I put mm. it in today's topics because since I've been ghostwriting professionally I do understand this idea of writing through a block because occasionally when I'm ghostwriting, you do get to a point where you're like, I I don't know what I want to say next because you've written so many words that day and you're writing someone else's ideas. And Mm. sometimes it is just like, oh, and it is possible to write through a block. So I do understand that point of view. But at the same time, I, I don't understand why writers are so judgmental to the other writers do you, do yeah. you know what I mean like yeah if you are saying a blanket statement like writer's block is a myth and if you're finding yourself blocked then you're just procrastinating then mm. you're just being judgmental towards other people's processes and that's not fair yeah. it's so negative it's such a <laughs> negative way of looking at it. it is. it's like and it's like in the same way that writing is different for everyone Mm. and everyone gets to their sort of conclusion differently yeah it's the same way for writer's block you know you you hear about writers who get up really early in the morning and you Mm. know say four till six this is the time that I write Mm. in the same way that that is not going to work for other people and certainly wouldn't work for me um it it's the same for writer's block you know yeah I think it's different for everyone but we all experience it definitely yeah there's a brilliant YouTuber actually called um, Kate Kavanagh. I'm sorry if I've pronounced her surname wrong. Um, she's an author and and writer. And she does YouTube videos where she tests out other writers' writing routines, including Stephen King, J.K. Rowling, a few others. And it's mm. really interesting because um, she tends to find roughly the same amount of productivity, but the sort of 
the outcome is always a bit different and sometimes she's really uncomfortable with the routine or the way that they write whether it's um handwriting she tests all kinds of different things how they plan how they plot you know mm. um and it's really it's a really good example of you know um one size doesn't fit all basically with writing yeah. so go and check out Kate Cavanagh she's really cool so one school of thinking is that writer's block can be written through and that's kind of what I was saying a minute ago with what I've found since I've been writing professionally is that yeah sometimes you can push through so I wanted to talk about some exercises for writing that will help get people through their blocks um I love short stories. I love writing short stories. I love reading short stories. Um, and I heard a writer once say that we need short stories, whether we're novelists or script writers or poets, because there's something really useful to a writer about ticking off a box, like finishing a little piece of fiction and being like that's done I can put it aside and I think that's that's what it is there's a great power in restraint of words of restricting yourself uh to only sharing certain details about a story I I totally get that I was um I recently read a quote by Kurt Vonnegut who most famously wrote Slaughterhouse-Five and then he was talking about like with short stories he never writes the transition like of a character into a room Mm. he never writes that like they opened the door they went in they did this yeah he was like he leaves out all the transitional moments Mm. so that you just have the action you just have the most important part and it was it was such a simple thing but I, I went back through a short story that I've recently written which is funnily enough set completely in one setting um in yeah. one dining room and I took out almost every part where a character moved from from inside the room to outside the room and it was so good I cut down like half the half a page you know yeah um, yeah but it's such a, a good idea of that yeah. that idea of that restraint that you were talking about that's a really great exercise um mm. that's just like in the film Inception um when yes. um Leonardo DiCaprio's character is talking about in a dream you never uh experience those like transitional bits and I I love that I think it's such a great um example of story writing because in the in the film I think they're on a rooftop talking and then Mm. the next scene they're at a cafe but his point is that that is actually how the characters experience that time as well as the audience and I thought that was really good to like point out that the strangeness that we just happily um believe in films of like there was no bit in between them going from the roof to the cafe um yeah yeah. and that's something you can do with writing and um especially in short stories yeah let's talk a little bit about microfiction because I think that lots of writers are scared of microfiction um and I understand why when I first started writing microfiction I thought it the only point of it was to show off the the restraint that you can do Mm. but um I entered this competition called the 53 word story which there's a link on my blog to to that competition go and have a go even if you aren't interested in writing microfiction in general just go and have a go at it because it is 
so interesting to sit down and the first time I did it I thought oh 53 words that's loads of words <laughs> but it's not and you end up it's I suppose it's a little bit like Twitter <laughs> in some yeah. ways like going through and thinking well why did I put you know an and there when I could get away mm. with a comma or something like that because every single word becomes precious and the impact it has is important because there aren't as many other words you know yeah Um, yeah and so I found myself um taking a word that I usually probably would have let slip through the net no problem like nice or you know Mm. something like that and thinking well that's not a powerful enough statement or that's not working how I want it to in the sentence because every single word is so important so there's this other exercise that I like to do which I call a character cul-de-sac because it's a dead end and it's fine Mm. to be a dead end and the idea is that you either take characters that are already in existence in your brain you know from your work in progress or ones you've played around with before you could even borrow characters from a book you know do fan fiction harry potter and hermione or you know whatever you want to do um i've also got a random character generator on my blog post which is great fun to play with because when you create a random character they just tend to create themselves and I love that feeling of Mm. taking just a few traits and having like an entire character spring up into your head and being like perfect yeah Um, and the idea is just to write a short piece with these random characters and just let it become a dead end let it like dry up that yeah thought that character that whatever and then go back to your writing and see what difference it makes. And I think you'll be surprised sometimes how much difference it makes just to like play with a couple of characters because yeah. we don't often do that. We're so worried about plot when we're writing, especially a novel, that sometimes we just don't play with our characters and let them breathe. Mm. So. That's really cool. I find especially when I'm writing, I feel like this is the character this is what the character would do like they're all they're almost already completely formed in a way that's often detrimental to your actual writing process you know yeah that's a really good exercise to try one thing that I like to try and do is if I'm struggling with a scene in particular Mm. um I'll try and like rewrite it in a different format Mm. um so I have like a an idea that I'm trying to mould into a novel um, loosely at the minute. It originally started mm. as like a five-minute play. Um, I, I like I submitted it to um, to a thing called Bitter Pill Theatre, and it was like a five-minute play. They have a I think it's like a monthly submission, oh, cool. um, and it it can only be like two characters and one setting, and all these sort of these restrictions. Um, but that once I'd written that and written these two specific characters, it made me um, it made me want to write more. And then that's how it's sort of developed into into something different. So sometimes if you're really struggling, like even if you tried like writing poetry from the point of view of a character, you know, um, yeah, just just delving in and out of um, different formats, it could be really good to do. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I something that I have tried and find Mm. very difficult and I think sometimes when you find it difficult that's the most fruitful thing Mm. 
yeah. um, is turning a short story or a novel or you know whatever I'm working on whichever piece of writing into mm. poetry poetry I find poetry very challenging um always illuminates something that I didn't know it was going to and sometimes it's extremely painful but it's yeah really useful to play with formats definitely agree yeah, yeah. so let's talk about inspiration um do you think that inspiration is organic or do you think that you need to seek inspiration? Mm. I hate to be basic, but I do think it's a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's a bit of both <laughs> because like sometimes inspiration just hits you out, yeah. of, out of absolutely nowhere. Um, and sometimes it's like you might have had an idea in your head and then four years later, something triggers it, you know? Um, so one one thing that I do is I I keep like a list of inspiration. Yeah. So it will be like books, movies, quotes, um, all that sort of thing. And whenever I feel like unmotivated, just go back to that list. You know, go back, re reread the things that you love, and the things that you know make you want to write. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I completely agree. I think. I think the downfall, especially of a new writer, is to wait for those moments of pure inspiration. Because mm. obviously they're wonderful, aren't they? Like that moment where it's just so easy and mm. like you're so inspired to write that your fingers just fly and it's it's yeah, you know, it's easy to get out. That's great. But writing is not all that. A lot of writing is, you know, using what's already in your head and just going for it like you can't mm. just you can't wait for those perfect moments and I think the thing about inspiration that people don't talk about often enough is that it's rarely going to come when you're sat at your desk it's yeah. often going to come you know when you're out or most people say in the shower or for me it's when <laughs> I'm just about to fall asleep which is why I have a notebook by my bed that's good that's a good idea well it's good apart from that sometimes the things that I write are pure garbage because it's 3 a.m <laughs> 3 you know and um sometimes I go back the next morning and I'm like what what the like what yeah the, you know it's very it's very um it's very it difficult miss. yeah because I feel like if I got up and wrote at that moment maybe mm. what I would write would be okay do you know what I mean but the sort of yeah. down idea is normally complete rubbish um yeah but so inspiration is rarely going to come in those moments when you need it to come and so if you're waiting for it you're just you're never going to write anything mm, um, yeah and sometimes it comes to you once you've already done a bit of hard slog once you've been sat at the computer plugging for ages and that's fine too yeah. I mean it, you've just gotta you've gotta ride the waves when they come but you've also gotta make your own waves <laughs> you know like, definitely definitely yeah. I think sometimes you just you need to just leave the page and go and live a bit yes you know because I, I know especially when you look at like stories that you wrote as a teenager the reason that most of them are probably shit is because you hadn't lived yet. Yes. Like you hadn't experienced perhaps the things that you needed to, to be able to execute that story perfectly, you know? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think getting away from your computer, your typewriter, whatever you're, whatever you're writing on, you know, 
you yeah. need you need to go out obviously with covid keep yeah yeah be covid safe but you know it's um as you said inspiration won't come when you're at your desk it just yeah. won't yeah i completely agree you don't have to you know travel to the bahamas and stare at some beautiful white sand and and blue water to be inspired like anything can become inspiration and so like Maisie was saying your life experiences will become part of your writing whether you want them to or not Mm -hmm. Um, but it's unlikely to be the things that you think it's going to be you know like that amazing experience you had I don't know watching a starling murmuration or something like that Mm. maybe that will be it but probably not. And for an example, something that I'm ghostwriting at the moment, um, I used to do a lot of student proofreading and I proofread a lot of essays um, by this guy doing a PhD in um, Taiwanese social care and looking looking after the elderly in Taiwan. Um, He's Taiwanese. Um, And, you know, I never thought that that would come back but it did. I was ghostwriting for a client yesterday and I wrote this character and ended up writing, <laughs> writing in this bit about um, caring for her elderly Taiwanese parents. Like, wow. And yeah. Full circle. So, and it, it was like, I didn't do it on purpose. My brain just did it because it was, it's somewhere in my head. It was, mm. you know, something that I, I read about 50,000 words for him probably when I was proofreading. So like, it's just going to be in there now you know um yeah so I suppose what I'm saying is um there isn't good inspiration and bad inspiration sometimes inspiration Mm. is from something quite dull or you know uh everyday seeming things it's not all you know going up the Eiffel Tower or having the best Mm. meal of your life or you know like inspiration can come from any random thing and it's fine to to let it be like that you need all kinds of life experiences is basically yeah. what I'm saying not just definitely. the amazing ones definitely and I think like one one thing that you can do if you're sort of sitting there thinking I really want to write something but I just don't have anything to say you know ask people to tell you stories mm. genuinely I've, I've got this <laughs> if Becky is listening I doubt she will but if she is I used to work with a, a lovely girl called Becky mm. and I remember this was like years ago. I remember her telling me that her sister's boyfriend was an accountant for a nunnery. And it's something that I like wrote down in my phone and I'm going to use it at some point. It was just such a peculiar, um, unexpected little gem that just through talking to her, just about her life, just about, you know, different things. And you are going to find those gems by talking to people, by hearing different stories. Um, You know, whether it's, whether it's talking to your nan about stories from Richmond when she was a child, or whether it's just talking to your colleague (laughs) across the tills, you know, Um, you're going to find these really good gems that are going to trigger something in you to write about them. And um, that's the beauty of talking, you know? For our final thoughts, um, I just wanted to address something that maybe isn't talked about often enough. This idea that if you're a writer, you have to always be a writer and you Mm. can't take breaks. And I see a lot of people, again, on the Facebook writing groups who maybe haven't written since they were a teenager and they're, you know, they've 
had a whole life. They're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and they want to come back to writing after a long break. So yeah. I thought we would just talk about what is essentially a monumental writer's block <laughs> of <laughs> decades. You know, how mm. how do you return to writing after a long break, whether it's weeks, months or years and decades yeah yeah it's a it's a really tough thing isn't it because I think I think when like writer's block in however long that takes when that sets in so does imposter syndrome Mm. which is something that like we've spoken a lot about off air as well um about the effects of it um and it's it's really hard because you you do get to a point even if you've like taken a few months off writing you get to a point where you think am I a writer like yeah should I be doing this um can I can I ever do something as good as what I thought the last bit was do you know what I mean yeah it, absolutely it's it's this it's the feeling you are a good writer you've just got to get over that feeling you know absolutely so, yeah, I can't I can't imagine like 30 40 years if I if I never write again until then you know, I can't even imagine how that would feel. So I, I wrote a tweet a while ago that I just want to share, which is exactly, you know, what Maisie's saying here. Writers create, that's the only prerequisite, not publication, not acclaim, not sales, whether on paper, a computer or in your head. If you create sentences, scenes, worlds, characters, you are a writer. Mm. And I think that if you've ever written in your life, even if it was, you know, just a couple of lines when you were a teenager or something yeah and you want to come back to it and you feel like you're an imposter because you you haven't done it in so long you are still a writer you've always been a writer because Mm. you I don't think you realize how your own mind has been working this whole time Mm. you know to make worlds that maybe you'll eventually put into a book or a poem or a play or you know yeah 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 I think um like storytelling story crafting is something that's been around for thousands of years and mm. it's it's never gonna go away you know um whatever happens to our our tiny planet um storytelling is so important and I think if you've if you've felt that once you can feel that again you know and it's it's just finding a way through through that block that we've been that we've been talking about easing yourself back into it and back into easing yourself back into what you really love which at the end of it is the writing it's not the business side of it or how can I get more likes for this yeah Yeah, exactly I love that term you use story crafting because I think that um we sometimes fail to see the story crafting in our everyday lives like Mm. um my dad I don't think he would consider himself a a writer you know I'm sure he has written some things Mm. but he you know he can craft stories when he's talking to other people and when he's telling his life and that kind of thing and I think people undervalue that as definitely as a means of communication you have to remember that um you know before the printing press oral tradition stories were and and still are in lots of other cultures i'm talking about uh western europe specifically because that's where we live um Mm. but 
you know, pre the printing press in Western Europe, oral tradition stories were, you know, one of the most important ways of telling a story. Um, mm. And that's why we don't have a lot of sort of things written down from from those older time periods, because yeah. you would go and watch someone tell a story or mm. listen to your grandmother tell a story or, you know. Um, and if you want to come back to it, you can. You can do it. We believe yeah. in it. so I think we've said everything we want to say about that Um, basically you can come back to writing whenever you want it's okay and if you're struggling with imposter syndrome I actually do have a blog post written by um, storybud.net creator Ray Commons who is a wonderful man and writer Um, so go and have a look on the blog if you feel that um if you're feeling like an imposter when you're coming back to writing because there are lots of other people who feel like that as well and it's okay um so thank you very much for listening to the fourth episode of the midnight quill podcast um leave us a comment what do you do when you get writer's block um we will try and reply to as many as possible subscribe to our youtube channel so you don't miss any of our future episodes Um, We also have a Patreon where you can support us if you'd like to for as little as a pound a month. You can listen to some extra content. There's some uh, branded merchandise with um, Luna Bird art. Rhiannon are wonderful artists, amazing handiwork on them. They're so, so pretty. So um, go and check that out and we will see you next time.